Welcome to the LDS Mission Cast, a podcast to educate and inspire in the great cause of missionary work. This is your host, Nick Galetti. In this episode of the LDS Mission Cast, we interview two soon to be sister missionaries, Ray Acton and her lifelong friend, Iris Wright. They have both received mission calls, and we're going to talk to them about their calls, their first time through the temple how they're preparing to serve, and we give them a chance to actually turn the tables and ask me some questions about missionary service and some advice on how to get the most out of their time in the MTC and in the mission field. After their interview, we have a short video chat with two of the artists and editors for a new comic book that's coming out about missionary work. It's called Served. This is a pretty fun and very missionary-centric project, and we want to bring it to you and help you see how you can even be a part of it. But first, here now is my interview with soon-to-be set-apart missionaries, Ray Acton and Iris Wright. This episode's guests are two missionaries, or soon-to-be missionaries. <laughs> we have Ray Acton and Iris Wright, yes, who both received their mission calls and uh, have gone through the temple but have not yet entered the MTC. But we're going to talk to them about how they are preparing for their mission and maybe even turn the table a little bit and get some questions from them that they might have about serving a mission. So welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So to start out, why don't you guys tell us how you know each other? Because there's a reason you're both here together. Uh, Well, we're best friends, and we went to high school together, elementary together, and we grew up in the same ward together. So we've always just kind of been... We just stuck to the hip. Yeah, we've known each other for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys also got your mission calls, what, same day or close um, to it? I got mine the end of February and I got mine at the end of March. So we were a little bit off, but yeah. okay. we're leaving within a week of each other. So Yeah, so really close. Yeah, yeah we're actually giving our farewells the same day. So yep. it'll be Different fun. Different wards, right? Same, same wards. Same wards. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a what a Sunday. That's great. Yeah. So why don't why don't you First of all, let's start with you, Ray. Okay. Tell us your story about your mission call because it was kind of different on how you went about that whole process. Okay, so I started my papers in December and I decided to surprise my parents. So I did it by myself with help from everyone, including Iris. And it was really hard just because I didn't really know what I was doing, especially with the medical stuff. That was the hardest part, but it ended up working out. So I got my call on a Friday, and I had another friend that got her call too the same day. So we drove up to Murray, where my mom lives, and knocked on the door, and she opened it, held up my call, and started crying. So <laughs> Yeah, she posts—well, you guys, their whole family posts everything on the internet. Yeah. So I saw the video of that. Uh, why did you choose to keep it from— from your parents i just thought it would be a fun surprise okay I, <laughs> yeah. was it yeah it was it was fun totally caught off guard and with my dad it was actually kind of chaotic so he was in england when i got my call oh and i actually had my call mailed to her house yeah to, she had her call mailed to my house oh, yeah okay. <laughs> yeah so that was kind of and i didn't even end up having to because they were out of town but i picked my dad up from my dad and stepmom from the airport and they said, when we get home, we have to go. We're going straight to Moab. So I was like, crap. So I had to surprise <laughs> them at the airport. And so I just got out of the car and pulled to the curbside, pulled out my call. And they just had no words. They were like, how did you do this yeah. without <laughs> our help? And I was like, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. And so you opened your call. Where Tell everyone where you where you got your call to. Edmonton, Canada. So. Well, how was your feeling upon reading that? 
I had no idea. I was really surprised. I thought I was going to my dad's mission. Which was where? Bahia Blanca, Argentina. Okay. So it was kind of a shocker, but it was, I was really happy when I read it and at peace. So. Very cool. Very cool. All right, your turn. Tell your story. Okay, so I am the oldest in my family. My dad, he didn't serve a mission. None of his siblings did. My mom, she, none of her siblings served missions. And I don't even think her dad served a mission. So I'll be the first. My grandpa on my dad's side served. So I'll be the first since my grandparents uh, to serve a mission. So that was kind of a little nerve-wracking for me and my family, you know. Yeah. Um, you didn't surprise them, though. No. Oh, they no. Knew, they knew it was coming. I was like, I need help. <laughs> I want to do this, but I don't know what I'm doing. So they helped me out with it, and it was really cool getting to open my call with them. I had lots of family over there, and it was just a really special moment for all of us. So you're you're a pioneer in your own way? Yes. Where did you get your call to? Uh, Utica, New York. And, so. and you guys are leaving when again? June 27th. June, then, okay. Yeah. How long in the past had you guys been planning to go on a mission? When did you make that decision? Mm, kind of. I don't know. Just like when we were in primary and sang songs, kind of just so for like most of your life. Yeah. Like yeah. I just, I remember in primary, they'd ask us, oh, raise your hand if you're going to go on a mission. And I used to be really, really shy. So I'd kind of like barely raise my hand. Like I want to, I don't know if I can though. So it's been the kind of a dream of mine since I was a kid. I just didn't know if I'd ever actually get to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's it's uh it's pretty cool that you guys wanted to do it for that long. That's yeah. kind of I don't want to say that that's rare. I have no idea. <laughs> so as far as preparing to go, you've both gone through the temple. So what was your experience going through for the first time? It was it was really special. I got to go with my parents and my grandma came out, so that was special. And, and you went through the St. George Temple? Yeah, St. George right? Temple, yeah. Why that one? Just pretty temple. I oh, mean, they're okay. all pretty, but that one just kind of stands out. So Very cool. Very cool. What about you? Uh, definitely a unique experience. I loved it. My cousin and I, so I have a cousin lives behind me. We went through the temple together. So we went through the old Provo Temple, the oh, first okay. one. Is that, the, is that what people are calling it, the old The old Provo, Provo Temple? Temple? That's right. what we call it. All right. <laughs> But we, we got to go through together, so that was kind of cool. It was just a really beautiful day. It was a great experience. Yeah. Did you guys feel prepared to go? I know it's hard to know before you leave if you're prepared enough, but now that you've gone, do you feel that you were prepared well? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we both took mission prep together, so we kind of, okay. I mean, not for temple prep, but I mean, we kind of had the steps with, what we knew was going to happen, and our bishops helped us. So, you felt the same way. You ready to prepped you good? Yeah, I felt like I was ready. I was still nervous. My parents hadn't been in a really long time, so they didn't really know what they were doing either. So, I was okay. a little bit nervous, but I felt like I was ready to go through. I didn't know if I didn't know what to expect, but I felt like I was ready. Okay. I felt right. So, sounds like you you're going on a mission has really done a lot for your family. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Very cool. Yeah. So what kind of things have you been told about the MTC? Um, <laughs> As they smile. I hear a lot of people, I hear a lot of different things. Some people really like it and some people really hate it. So yeah. 
I'm not really sure what to expect. <laughs> heard it's the worst part of your mission. Really? Some, yeah. Someone said that. Yeah, I've heard a couple of people say that. Okay. But I've I've also heard that some people like they loved it. Yeah. What did they say was bad about it? Um, the food. But okay, that's not really important. I think they. I think they just said that they hated it because they felt like they hadn't left yet because most of my friends that said that were from Provo. And so they were when they were in the Provo MDC, they were like, I could walk home. So if I wanted to. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. So they just kind of hated it. In fact, I actually think I have a couple people that I think there was one guy because, well, here's the thing. The MTC can be kind of a breaking point for some people. Like if they're not ready to go, the MTC is a weeding out in some ways. It's a very important test to make it through, if you will. <laughs> and I had a, a guy in my MTC district, well, he was in my room, that looked out the window and said, I could see my house from here. It's very easy for me to go home if, if I want to. And that's actually a weird temptation. I lived in California at the time. That's not, yeah. that's not a temptation <laughs> for me. But I could see how that would be kind of hard. I hadn't really thought about that perspective, but... You guys both live kind of close, too, so that's that's something you're going to face. Yeah. What other positives have you heard about the MTC? I've heard it's just good preparation before you leave. It's just kind of like a last, like, you have help. For, I mean, obviously, you're studying every day yeah. with everyone. I've heard that it's really cool just to be with everyone, like, so many brothers and sisters in the same place for the same purpose, just to serve and learn how to serve. There is a power in that unity for sure. Yeah. What about you? What about any positives you've heard? I just hear it's like, you know, you, it's something completely different than you've ever like experienced, you know? It's so it's much spirituality almost. Like you're just all, like Ray said, you're all there for the same purpose. So I think there's like a strong spirit there knowing that everybody's kind of working towards the same goal. I don't know. It's a weird strange not reality i can tell you that much and, and i don't know how much has changed i went in 97 and it was unique because it felt very spiritual almost like the temple in a lot of fact in a lot of ways people compared the mtc to the temple because you were getting such a spiritual instruction but it's also really hard are you active people like do you like to be up and doing stuff see that's going to be hard because for us it was you wake up you go have breakfast you sit in a class, then you go eat lunch, and then you sit in a class. Then you eat dinner, and then you go <laughs> sit in a class or go to a fireside or something. And so it feels weird to literally be doing nothing but so much at the same time. Yeah. So if you're having a hard time sitting still, that's going to be that's, a challenge. Yeah, that's going to be a weird it's, it's, experience. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. So. It's great education. Now, you guys are only going to be in for three weeks? Yeah, yeah. about that. Okay. That's how long I was in because I did an English-speaking mission also. But do they have you guys go on the phones or the Mormon.org or anything like that? Do you know if they're going to have you do that? I, I haven't think heard so. anything. You never heard about heard anything, that? Anything, yeah. We didn't know about it until we got there. So maybe you just be aware. <laughs> but they sometimes have missionaries that are in the MTC answering questions from people on mormon.org and stuff oh, like wow. that. So wow. that's really cool. So that. you get your first chance talking to people that you don't, you know, strangers and things like that. Cool. That's really cool. So heads up on that <laughs> if that comes up. But uh, so you guys are in a in an interesting time period to be a missionary. There's so much 
social media aspect of missionary work, which, yeah. you know, 97 hadn't even been thought of yet. We were just getting used to email at that time. <laughs> but you guys are also given a very different approach to missionary work with the Preach My Gospel manual and you have a lot more freedom, I think, on what to share. Have you been talked to much about that in your mission prep, about what it's going to be like to kind of teach people these lessons or... Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I, yeah. how much how much of your experience is actually teaching, or does it feel very classroom at this point? Did you role play much, like in your mission prep classes or anything? Not in my. So we took an institute mission prep class, so okay. over at the college, but we didn't do much role play in that class. I did ha- take a mission prep class in my ward, though. Okay. And we did a lot more role play there, so it was kind of I kind of got a little bit of both. I'm yeah. not sure how Ray's experience with that is, but. I even got to teach a lesson for mission prep, which was kind of oh. a little bit funny. But we talked about teaching people, not lessons. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Which is kind of a big deal now. Like you said, there's a lot more freedom. It's you're teaching doctrine to kind of fit like the person's experience. I don't yeah. know. So you're teaching more personalized lessons for them, not. Does that sound harder or easier to you? It sounds like a lot more listening. To the spirit, trying being more in tune with the yeah. spirit, like I think that's going to be one of the a really big <laughs> thing on your mission. Yeah, well, so, that's always been true. Yeah. yeah. What about so. you? How, how comfortable do you think you're going to be? I think we'll be pretty comfortable. I mean, it's not like you can plan what you're going to say. So, like she said, just be in tune just with the spirit. With yeah. Okay. That kind of scares me a little bit too, <laughs> but it'll be okay. <laughs> So what, uh, what questions, let's turn the tables a little bit. What questions might you guys have about missionary work that you feel you still want to, I mean, if you were to ask a return missionary some advice, what would it be? Like specifically, um, if there was anything they wish they would have done on their mission differently, okay. you know, if there was something that they wish they would have done that or known before they had gone. Okay. Things like that. Well, to answer the first question, my, my personal answer on that is I don't know a day on my mission that went by where I didn't think there was something I could have done differently. In fact, one of the things that I made as a comment on one of our previous podcasts was, you'll probably find that when you get home from your mission, you'd probably have the phrase enter your mind, I could have done that whole thing a lot better. And that's not like a self-deprecating kind of thing. It's just you learn so much in doing it and in doing it wrong (laughs) that that's what you're there for. Yeah. So regret's not a great way to look at it. I think everything that you do on your mission is a learning experience. So whenever you, yes, there's things that I would have done different. Yes, always, constantly. But to kind of bridge that to your other question, if there was something that I I would give as a piece of advice, at least right now, the thing that stands out in my mind is be willing to listen, not just to the Spirit, but to the people that you teach. Because... One of the things that we were, I don't want to say pushed to do, was to baptize, which is obvious and still should be a goal, right? Obviously, we want people to be converted to make that important covenant. But when that becomes your focus, you almost feel like a used car salesman at times. Like that's the only outcome that works. Unless you sell that car, this was a failed transaction. And that's not true with missionary work. Understand that teaching people— the gospel and sharing the gospel with them is as far as your responsibility can go. Theirs is the choice whether or not to get baptized. 
and it's on them. It's not on the missionary. It's your job to teach and to share the gospel. And if that goes somewhere, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. I know there's a lot of guys, and you're, you're going to Canada, you're going to New York. These are places where the church isn't completely foreign, right? There's going to yeah. be some uh, church mm-hmm. members there. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to be in the middle of some very remote place, but you are still going to be encountering a lot of fun challenges on your mission. If all you're thinking about is baptizing people, you could very possibly feel very self-conscious in the wrong way. You could also feel guilty in the wrong way. And so my advice would be to understand that you're there to teach and share the gospel. If baptism happens, that's great. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. It might make more sense sense. as you serve. (laughs) And not everybody is going to see it that way. Yeah. But there's kind of more of a mental health aspect of that. Like if you think think every day I wake up, I have to find someone to baptize, you're going to drive yourself insane. Yeah. Yeah. So just understand that that's a great thing if it happens. But what else? What other questions? What do you wish you would have done or knew or prepared for before your mission? Before my mission? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If there was anything. I I think I would have liked someone to tell me a little bit more about what would happen to you, your self-image as a missionary. And let me see if I can make... Yeah, I didn't even... let Let me see if I can be clear with that. So obviously when you go, and it's a little different with sisters because you guys have a lot more freedom with your clothes than some of the elders do. But for the most part, you're wearing a uniform. You're wearing a tag where the only unique part of that is your last name. And so much of what you do as a missionary, you are an ambassador for Christ. You are to take on Christ's name and be what he would be to the people. And that's all right and true. But I know for the my first couple of months in my mission, I felt like I didn't know why I was called to be a missionary because anybody could have put on a tie. Anybody could have put on a tag. So I needed to figure out why I was called to where I was sent and what I could bring as a missionary that nobody else could. So there was a, there was a point where every month you'll have a meeting with your mission president, these mission presidents interviews. And In that, it's kind of like your time to, I don't want to say dump your problems, but it is to seek advice on things that you might be struggling with. And my very first one, my my mission companion got mono. And so, (laughs) I don't know, kissing disease, somehow he got mono. So we were in the apartment, slammed, did nothing for three weeks. Boring is all get out. (laughs) And at this point, I am in a position where... Not only do I not know what I'm doing, I don't know why I'm there. It just seems like kind of like a waste of time. That missionary went home, not for mono. It was his time. He was done with his mission. The next missionary came in, and I was ready to get at it. And for whatever stupid reason, he decided to drink out of the same milk carton as my other companion. Oh, no. (laughs) That he'd left behind, and he got mono. So for another three weeks, I was stuck in the apartment. And so I had my mission president's interview, and I said, I have no idea why I'm here. I don't get it. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I am of any particular value. I'm just like any other missionary. And my mission president reminded me and gave me advice that I've never forgotten. And he said, remember that the Lord called you to this mission. He already has an elder so-and-so. 
He called you to this mission to be you. Don't lose who you are in the process of being a missionary. Everything changed after that for me because I realized that sometimes as a missionary, because there's so many rules and there's so many things that we do, that there isn't a whole lot of time for individuality and expressing that individuality. And in some cases, there were lessons that I felt were being taught that were about denying ourselves so much in our missionary work. We are supposed to deny ourselves of ungodliness, not of who we are. And so for me, that was the real big challenge. So I wish someone had told me that as much as it might be taught or tempted sometimes to lose yourself in the work, that simply means to do the work, not to lose who you are. That can be a very easy thing to do. So anyway, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um, but I really appreciate you guys bringing those questions because you are preparing to leave, but so are a lot of other people. And some of our listeners are preparing to leave and may have those same questions. So are you excited? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. <laughs> you guys are still two months away, it seems like, or a month and a half. That's, 42 days. <laughs> you're you're got, marking the calendar yeah, off. Five weeks on Wednesday. So That is so awesome, <laughs> you guys. And I hope you guys send us a letter every now and again. Let us know how you're doing. We can post it on our blog. We did that with another missionary that left. Oh, that would be so fun. fun. And so we have... Elder Tanner Bennett has been sending us weekly emails that we post on our blog. and He's still in the MTC. He's only been out for six weeks, but he's going to oh. Taiwan, and so he's going oh, through language wow. learning so and all cool. that stuff. That's I have cool. a bunch of friends so, in Taiwan, actually. Yeah, so. it seems to be a really important place for missionary work right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm excited for you guys. Thank you. And Thank awesome you. stories. You guys are going to be great missionaries because you're excited about the work, and that's such a huge part of it. So. Thank you guys for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. All right, we have two special guests with us. Joining us via Skype, which was going to be a fun technological feat for us here on the LDS Mission Cast, but we've got Mike Lawhead and Eric Jepson, who are putting together a project, a comic book, called Served. And I won't take away too much of what that all is, and we'll give them a chance to talk more about it. But thank you guys both for coming on to the LDS Mission Cast and talking about this project. So uh, let's start off with Mike, since you are the one that started this project. Why don't you tell us what this is and why we're even talking about it? Okay, sure. Um, Thank you for having us on here, by the way. Let's see. So I was a missionary in Argentina in 1998, 99, and I had several weird things happen to me. The Probably the craziest is a, a drunk guy ripped my glasses off my face and slapped me uh, one Saturday morning. So I told people about that um, over the years, and I went to BYU-Idaho, and I had several friends that were return missionaries also, who also had uh, strange stories. One of them, uh, Joshua Beglin, um, who's also in, in this anthology. So I had the idea to do this in comics form, I was able to contact my friend Josh and several other people uh, on Twitter, and uh, we got contributors to do their own autobiographical uh, mission stories that are mostly silly things that happen on the mission, um, but also sometimes just tragic. Um, the idea was not to not the things that we would write and send to the New Era or the Ensign. Kind of goofy things that, unless you've been on the mission, you don't really know as much 
uh, about them because they're usually just kind of goofy stories that you tell your friends. So this is called Served a Missionary Comics Anthology. And so you have a number of comic creators that have written these stories that have all served missions, I assume? Yeah. So everyone who uh, contributed a story um, is a return missionary who is doing a story about something that happened to them or that they did as a missionary. Um, I, and I think most of them are just are written and drawn by one person. And there's a few that are uh, collaborations. But yeah, they're all autobiographical stories from return missionaries. Very cool. And right now you guys have a Kickstarter campaign that is beyond its original goal. So you guys have yeah. surpassed your goal of $15,000. You have 222 backers as of the time of this recording, but you still have 21 days to go on this. So we want to make sure that people understand that we'll put a link to the Kickstarter in the posting of this episode at LDSMissionCast.com, but that people can still go, and this is how they can buy a copy of the book. Uh, yeah. So right. the, the best way to do it is... Uh, just uh, go on the Kickstarter and pledge or back it. I'm not sure what the term is for Kickstarter exactly all the time, but um, yeah. And yeah. And the, there will be, the creators will each get individual copies as well. So if you know one of them personally, they will probably have some that they will be selling at comic conventions afterwards, but that's going to be few, few and far between the best way to get a book is to order it on the Kickstarter. Yes. Do not procrastinate the day of your purchase because you only have 21 days left. <laughs> So that's Eric, and Eric, you served as the editor, or you're serving as the editor. How far that's along correct. is this project? It's essentially finished from an editing perspective. Uh, if There are a couple loose ends to be tied up, but essentially it's in Mike's hands now as he's designing the book and preparing it to exist as a physical, real-world object. So it's pretty much finished. How much time left is there on this? I see an estimated delivery date of June 2018, so there's... Uh, there's got to be some work that's still being done, Mike. So how, how close uh, are you finished? Okay, yeah, that that estimate, I think, is uh, maybe I need to adjust something on there. That that would be maybe for the uh, PDF, the digital version. Hopefully I have that laid out. Um, the delivery for the physical book, I'm looking around October is what we're thinking. It's basically finished then? Are you close to uh, finished? Yeah. So it's around now 200 pages of comics content. The stories are from around one to, I think we have a few that are nine pages or the longest, but they're usually around in the five-page range. And, um, yeah, the way that we worked with, uh, we asked you know people to contribute in the beginning was, you know, you have to deliver this completed story uh, pretty much. And we, we had, it was last year, we were kind of gave a, a due date, and a lot of people were just turning in things. And, of course, some people were finishing up a little bit after the due date and everything, but it all worked out good because it took, it took me a while, actually, to get the Kickstarter ready. Um, I didn't realize how much preparation there was for that. But, uh, yeah, so we're thinking uh, October is the delivery date, but it's just, uh, I forget how many days we have left, a couple, uh, 22 days or something like that left. Um, in the Kickstarter to order them. Well, this is incredible, and thank you guys for putting this whole thing together and getting a, a rather large pool of talent together to put this into reality. So thank you guys for doing that. We'll make sure to push out more information as the book becomes live and available and downloadable or purchasable in some form uh, beyond the Kickstarter. So thank you guys again for coming on. Thank, thank you. you. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of LDS Mission Cast. Next week, we have a great interview with historian and scholar Russell Stevenson, who will help us to tackle the often controversial subject of race and the LDS Church, specifically the priesthood and temple ban. 
This is all part of the church's lead-up to the 40th anniversary celebration of the restoration of the priesthood to all worthy males, as well as temple blessings to all worthy individuals. You won't want to miss our next episode. We hope you're enjoying the show, of course, and getting some valuable content that's inspiring you to be a better missionary, to be a disciple of Christ. You can listen to past episodes at ldsmissioncast.com and follow us on social media to get the latest missionary news and stories from around the world.